Hi, I'm Ellie Roman, and I'm a part of King's Cross Youth. You're listening to the podcast from King's Cross Church in Charleston, South Carolina. We are working our way through the entire Bible during 2023 in a sermon series called The Story. For more information about our church or to find resources related to the story, visit kingscross.org. Okay, um, it's pretty unusual for us to be together on January 1st. Uh, January 1st, because of leap years, uh, doesn't come every seven years. You know, the days kind of move through the calendar weeks. Sunday won't, January 1st won't fall on a Sunday again until 2034. So by that time, um, there are babies in our nursery that will be in our student ministry, and there are students in our student ministry that will have babies in the nursery which is a little <laughs> shocking, right? But um, it, it's a pretty significant day in terms of the calendar. All across the world this morning, there are people waking up with a firm resolve to make today a significant day in their lives. They are resolved to eat less, to work out more, to work harder or to save smarter to embrace new things or to let go of old habits. And even if you're not someone who makes New Year's resolutions per se, we know that significant days like birthdays or the first day of a new month, the first day of a new year, you know, you start a new job, you move into a new house, these kind of um, easy to see significant days that pop up in our calendars are often days on which people make significant change, or at least they make an attempt to. And that's true for us as a faith family, too. This is a significant day in the life of our church because we're beginning a 52-week-long journey through the Bible together. We're calling the series The Story because we believe the Bible is one story with one plot and one hero. Now, it has 40 different authors who wrote over the course of about 1,500 different years in three languages on three different continents in at least six major genres of literature. The Bible is made up of 31,102 verses and 1,189 chapters, which we added those later to help us find references, in 66 books. You'll find in it 1,663 commands, including 10 really big ones that only one guy was able to keep perfectly. But you'll learn more about that as we go through the series. 3,237 different characters. In the course of this story, we find priests who are condemned and prostitutes who are commended. We find celibate singles and a king with 700 wives and 300 concubines. We're going to meet people who hear from God, wrestle with God, meet with God, reject God, and who are visited by angels sent from God. We read about traitors who become apostles and apostles who become traitors. And what holds all of those stories together is the story of a God who creates and loves and redeems a wayward and sinful people through the life, death, and resurrection of his only son, the Lord Jesus. What holds all of those stories together 
is this one biblical truth that's in your notes, if you got them on the way in, that all Scripture is about Jesus. That's our firm conviction. All Scripture is about Jesus. For many of you, 2023 is going to be a turning point in your spiritual life. You will understand the big story of the Bible for the very first time. And that faith that you've had for years is going to grow more in the next 12 months than it has in the last 12 years combined. Some of you are going to finally see the relevance of the Old Testament, maybe for the first time. And suddenly, two-thirds of the Bible is going to open up to you in a way that it never had before. Some of you are going to begin to see or begin to see perhaps more clearly how your story is a part of the story, a part of God's story, and it is going to change your life. It's going to change your marriage. It's going to change the way you approach your work. Some of you aren't Christians yet, in part because you don't really understand the basic message of Christianity or perhaps you've misunderstood the basic message of Christianity, and this year will be the one where you connect the dots and come to a place of saving faith. If you will commit to this series, to this year, I believe 2023 can be a significant year in your spiritual life and in our life as a church family. To help you along the way, we've got three resources planned for you to use through the course of the year. The first one is a devotional reading plan. Pastor Josh has written this um, specifically for the series. And so each week's reading plan is designed to do two things. It's designed to deepen your walk with the Lord and to prepare your heart for Sunday's message. That's the goal. It starts tomorrow the devotional plan does. So in it, you're not going to read every verse of the Bible in order from beginning to end. Rather, it is specifically designed to correspond to the series. If you will commit yourself to it, I promise you it's not going to get monotonous. Because Josh has built in some variance to how it is that you're reading along with the series. And so some days you're going to read a chapter or two. Other days you may only read a verse or two. Some weeks will be focused on reflective questions about the text in the reading plan. At other times, you're mainly going to be reading the passage so that we know that you've got a firm grip on kind of where we are in the progress of the story. And we know that that really matters because some of you have started Bible reading plans 40 times. And what you find is that by week five or six, It just kind of falls apart because you get discouraged. It starts to feel a little bit repetitive to you, or maybe it's a little overwhelming to you. And you had really good intentions on a lot of other January 1sts. But by the time you get to Easter, you know, it's one more devotional plan that you've read like Genesis and Exodus 30 times. Right? But you've never made it through Second Chronicles. So we understand. So we're going to write this in a way that we feel like is going to keep you engaged and is going to be palatable for everybody uh, in the church. So that's, that's the first one. Josh is working really hard to make sure um, that that's the case for you. That, that's the first resource is this devotional reading plan. The second is a dedicated page on the website. 
So if you go to kingscross.org um, and you go to the top, you'll see there's a new menu item called The Story. If you click there, you're going to find all of the resources that go along with the series. So for every chapter, there's 10 chapters in the series. And so we'll um, drop things on the site one chapter at a time. So for every chapter, you're going to find that chapter's devotional reading plan. If you go there, not right now, after church, um, and you pull it up, you'll see the reading plan that starts for tomorrow. It runs through the next three weeks, three weeks. So you'll find that. You'll find links to each week's sermon, both video and audio, and you'll find the sermon notes, including the filled-in blanks. And so we know that chances are you're not going to be here all 52 weeks. At some point, you're going to be sick. You're going to have to travel out of town. It's going to be a holiday. Something's going to come up. I won't be here all 52 weeks. That's okay. There's no need to repent over that. But um, if you've got a, just a touch of OCD like I do, if, if I've got like 34 of those sermon notes and I miss one week, I might as well throw the whole thing out. <laughs> so the only thing I'm going to be thinking about is the week I missed. So the sermon notes will be there with the answers filled in each week. And then there'll also be some additional resources along the way, and we'll have those posted there as well. And then the third resource um, is this handy-dandy notebook right? for parents of little ones or little ones recently. So um, these are free. This week and next week. Um, and after that, we get to a place at some point where we have to reorder them. At some point, we're going to have to start charging, you know, five or six bucks for them because um, there is some expense involved. But for now, if you'll use one um, and take one if you'll use it, don't take one um, if you won't. But um, these notebooks are designed, um, you'll have a, a chapter divider. Um, and then the ones that are in the lobby already have the devotional plan printed out. And then you'll notice on the way in, your sermon note format changed because you're used to getting like a pretty heavy cardstock that has announcements on one side and sermon notes on the other, and it's kind of easy to write on. And then you walked in this morning, and you got this little flimsy piece of paper, and you think, well, what, we ran out of budget? Like, what's going on with this? Well, it's so that you can put it in your notebook. So that by the end of the year, what you will have is 10 chapters full of 52 weeks of notes, plus anything else that you print and put in there. The only thing that I will ask is that um, my hope is that everybody who calls King's Cross home and likes printed things, I like things that are printed. If it's on my phone, I don't see it. Like I, mo I, I, me storing a file on my phone... There, there's basically no point in that. I, I need something I can touch and I can write on. If that's you, then hopefully this will be helpful to you and you'll bring it each week. My only encouragement to you is when you walk in on Sunday and you get this, go ahead and sit down so that when I stand up and say, hi, my name is Chip, one of the pastors here. Well, I'm going to return to the word. I don't hear 175 people do that right? all at the same time. <laughs> so do that. Like right when you first walk in um, and that way I'll, I won't get gitchy on you up here on Sunday morning. Fair enough. Okay, so those are the three resources. We have a dedicated website, we have a handy-dandy notebook, and then we have the devotional reading plan, and I hope that you'll take advantage of all three of those. Our goal, one of our goals at King's Cross is to help you grow in the gospel. I want you to go in the gospel, get connected in community, and live on mission. We grow in the gospel in three primary ways. We talk about knowing Christ, about cultivating spiritual habits, and about being committed to worship services. This series is going to fuse all three of those together. Because the best way for you to know Christ is to meet Him in His Word. And the single most important spiritual habit that you can cultivate is reading and meditating on, reflecting on, memorizing, getting to know the Word.
That's the single most important spiritual habit you can have. And all of those things are going to come together each week when we gather back here on Sunday morning in worship services. And so if you're committed to the series and to the plan, you're, you, I promise you, you will grow in the gospel. The single most important factor in your own personal spiritual growth is reading and meditating on and growing in your knowledge of the word. So if you will commit to that, I promise you, you will grow. And here's why I know that's true. Because Jesus understood the Bible this way and Jesus taught the Bible this way. Let me show you what I mean. If you turn to Luke 24, we're going to work our way through verses 13 to 53 in Luke 24. Verses 13 to 53. By the way, some of you already know this, um, but we have, you know, there's those QR codes where there's an online bulletin. If you're if you're not like me and you do like things on your phone, did you know that you can, uh, if you scan that QR code, you can pull up the sermon notes, put in your own answers and save that file to your own phone every week. So you can keep digital. Some of you already do that, but if you don't know that, that's there. But, um, okay, Luke 24. The chapter opens, uh, the first 12 verses, there's a group of women, um, including Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and it says some other women who are going to Jesus' tomb. It's the third day. They're going to the tomb to care for the body. They get there and they find the tomb is empty. They have this interaction with these two angels who remind them, hey, don't you remember Jesus said he was going to be raised on the third day? Why are you here looking for him? They rush back to the disciples. There's like a gathering of um, not just the 11 uh, men who have become called apostles, but a larger circle of people. They rush back to them and they report the truth about what it is that they have seen and heard and the guys don't believe them. And all God's women said, Mm-hmm, right? This has been happening for a minute. So Peter, being enthusiastic as he is, rushes out to investigate for himself. And verse 12 of Luke 24 says he gets there and he marvels at what he sees. But that's kind of where it stops. Marveling, not believing. We pick it up in verse 13. That very day, two of them, that is two of those who were gathered among the eleven, or with the eleven, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they're talking with each other about all these things that had happened. And while they're talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. If you have your Bible out, underline that. Their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, verse 17, what is this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. And one of them named Cleopas answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these days? And in my opinion, this is just Chip, not the Bible. I just think that drips with sarcasm and snark. I think Cleopas is like, really? You're the only dude that doesn't know? Like, what, what rock have you been hiding under? Right? Um, it says to them, verse 19, what things? And they say to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth. Now, listen to the story that they tell and hear how accurate it is. Okay? Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. 
But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things have happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but, but him they did not see. And he said to them, that is Jesus, verse 25, said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Underline that in your Bible too. Slow of heart to believe. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Now watch this. These two disciples are in a community of faith. They know truths about Jesus accurately, and they're willing to talk to strangers about it. Their eyes don't see him. And so their hearts don't believe in him. And that is exactly where some of you are. Our first prayer for you this year during our study through the story together is that your eyes are open to see Jesus. That's our first prayer, that your eyes will be open to see Jesus. And I am not talking down to you. I am not condemning you in any way. Some of you are just where the disciples were in Luke 24. You're here, praise God. You're involved in a community of faith. Your friends are here. You hang out with believers. You're active in your community group. You talk about things concerning Jesus. You know facts about his life, death, and resurrection. Even if someone were to ask you a question about Jesus, chances are you could answer it accurately but your eyes don't really see him. And so your heart doesn't believe in him yet. And if that's you, my encouragement to you is stay engaged. Be committed to being here every week. Be committed to the reading plan that Pastor Josh has put out. Be committed to praying that God would open your eyes to see Jesus. Because that's exactly what he did for Cleopas and his friend in Luke 24. Look back at verse 28. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. And Jesus acted as if he were going farther, which just makes me laugh. You know, because like, I tell my, um, uh, my grow group all the time not to dehumanize the Bible. Um, there's so much personality in Jesus. And I think sometimes he just becomes like this dry historic figure on a page. But I just love the fact that he knows he's about to spend some time with them. Right. And they're like, all right, you know, this is our stop. We're getting off. And he's just like, okay. You know, and I wonder like how many steps did he take knowing that they're about to go, wait, 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 wait. Why don't you come eat with us? You know, I don't know. It makes me laugh. Maybe it doesn't make y'all laugh, but I, I love that. The Holy Spirit inspired, inerrant, infallible word of God says Jesus acted as if he were going farther. I just think that's funny. So verse 29, 
They urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it's towards evening, and day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. And he was at the table with them, and he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the Scriptures? Their eyes were opened to see Jesus. Yes, literally to recognize who he was sitting at the table but also to see him in the scriptures, which he had taught to them as they walked along. So he opened their eyes, Luke 24 says, and he opened the scriptures to them so that they could see him in both. And our prayer is that God would use this series in 2023 to open your eyes to see Jesus and to see him in the scriptures. Keep going, verse 33. They rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered. Remember that Judas has betrayed Jesus and committed suicide by this time. So that's why they're saying eleven, not twelve. Verse 34. They're saying, they say, these two, the Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. As they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. They were startled and frightened and thought that they saw a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your heart? Now, this is a parallel problem with this interaction that he just had with the two on the Emmaus Road, right? In verse 25, Jesus said they were slow to heart to believe. And now here in verse 38, he says that those gathered have doubts in their heart. So they're the same issue moving forward. Verse 39, see my hands and feet that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, have you anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it before them. Seeing isn't their problem. Yes, they see Jesus. He's there. They've touched his hands. He's eating lunch. He is not a hallucination. He's not a spirit. They see him there and they recognize that it is in fact Jesus. The two disciples on the Emmaus Road didn't. They didn't recognize him at first, but the 11 and those gathered with them, they see him. Verse 44, they have a different problem. He said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms, we would call that the Old Testament. Okay, but they had a tripartite view of what we now call the Old Testament as one unit. They had three, Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. It must be fulfilled, verse 45, and he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, thus it is written, that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name among all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you, that's the Holy Spirit, but stay in the city until you're clothed with power from on high. 
So this is our second prayer for you as we walk through the story this year together, is that your mind will be open to understand Jesus. That your eyes will be open to see Him. That your mind will be open to understand Him. Do you ever have a skill that like you really wish you had, but you just don't? Like for me, that's old cars. I love old cars. I would love nothing more than to know how to like restore old cars, like frame off chip foo style, full resto mod. Like I would love that. I just, I don't know how to do it. It's one of the things that I admire about my father-in-law, among other things, is you get an old car, you know, modern cars, you have to have like a supercomputer to change the oil. But the old cars, you could actually tinker with, right? You get an old car and open the hood, and Ron can get in there and like tweak stuff and fix stuff and fiddle around with stuff. And if it's not running, he can get it running again. I can't do that. I open the hood, and I know a few basics, Right? Oil here, windshield wiper fluid there, brake fluid there. I'm good there. I know a, f- a few fundamentals. Like I know there's pistons in the block that are fired by a spark plug, and I know the radiator kind of keeps it cool, and the headers take the exhaust out. I, I kind of know the basics, right? but I can't, I can't do anything. I don't really understand it. If there's something wrong with it, I'm not your guy. I see the engine. But I don't understand the engine. I don't know what to do with it. I don't really understand how everything fits together. And that's where the disciples are when Jesus meets them in this room in Luke 24. They see him. They recognize him. They don't know what to do with that information. They don't understand what that means. And some of you are a lot like that too. You see Jesus. You marvel at the things that he's done. You even, as they did, find yourself joyful about Jesus. So your your mind and your heart are captivated by him, but you, you just don't understand what in the world does Noah and the ark have to do with Jesus? I just don't understand that. Why was the sacrificial system in Leviticus so bloody. And then now it's just not there. And so there's a there's a disconnect there. Why, why are there so many commands? How many did I tell you there were 1,663? Well, I thought you were said we were saved by faith alone. So if we're saved by faith alone, what's up with all these commands? And you just don't, you, you see them, but you just don't understand them. And so you hear other people talk about seeing Jesus in Abraham's interaction with Melchizedek in Genesis 14 or in Moses striking the rock in Numbers 20. But you're not really sure what that means. Like, don't even ask about Song of Solomon. Who knows what that's about, right? It's kind of creepy and weird and things that maybe you're not 100% comfortable even reading out loud in church. They know this is church. And so you see them, but you just don't understand them. And that's okay, Because that's where the disciples were in Luke 24. You don't need to feel bad about that. We just don't want you to stay there. Because I know that for some of you, the reason that you struggle with doubt, the reason that you're hesitant to talk to other people about Jesus or faith or the church, the reason that some of you are so lukewarm about your own faith is because you don't understand how it all fits together. But this time next year, you will. 
this time next year, if you will be intentional between now and then, you're not going to drift to it. You're going to have to be intentional about it. But if you will be intentional, you can understand the Bible. God has revealed himself to you in a way that you can understand. He's not playing hide and seek. He's revealed himself to you in a way that you can understand. If you can understand how to fix an internal combustion engine, you can understand the Bible. Okay, if you can understand the difference between a nickel defense and dime coverage, which some of you are going to be watching and in a couple of hours, the NFL, and you're going to instantly know, they drop a second defensive back into the coverage, it flips it from a nickel to a dime. Right? And you know, but you think you can't understand Jesus. Yes, you can. If you know the difference between a rue and a bechamel, you can understand the Bible. If you know the difference between crochet and knitting, you can understand the Bible. You just have to be intentional about it. Like It's not this big mysterious thing. The only difference between knowing things about those things and knowing things about the Bible is that the Scripture is revealed to you by God. Your eyes have to be opened and your mind has to be opened by the power of the Holy Spirit, but He's willing to do that if you will be intentional to pursue it. And so if you know that you struggle, just pray and ask God to open your mind to understand Jesus in the Scripture. The psalmist says that. The psalmist prays, open my eyes that I might behold wondrous things in your law. Just pray that. Every time you sit down to do the devotional plan, when you open up Josh's plan, just pray that little piece of the psalm back. God, would you open my eyes to behold wondrous things in your law? You pray the Scriptures back to God. I promise you He'll honor it. If you know someone who's close to you but far from God, and you know they have head knowledge about God, they could repeat facts about Jesus, but you know that they don't understand it, pray and ask God to open their minds to understand Jesus. That's our second prayer for you. Pray it for yourself. Pray it for people that you know need that prayer to be answered in their life. Because watch what happens in Luke 24 when eyes are open to see Jesus and minds are open to understand Jesus. Verse 50. He led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. And while he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. That's the ascension. Jesus ascended bodily to heaven, and one day he will return bodily from heaven. Verse 52, and they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple, blessing God. This parallels exactly what happened to the two disciples on the Emmaus Road. Their eyes were opened, the scriptures were opened, and they believed. And now you have this group of disciples whose minds are opened to understand the scriptures, and they believe. This is our third prayer for you too, that your heart will be open to believe in Jesus. That your eyes will be open to see him, that your mind will be open to understand him, and that your heart will be open to believe in him. This journey that we're going to go on together this year is not about secrets or mysteries. It is not about me showing you some clever niche less well-known part of the Bible so that I can flex my theological knowledge and show you things you've never seen before. That is not the goal. 
It is not about us accumulating academic head knowledge. We are not trying to learn more than other people or go deeper than other churches or to puff ourselves up on Bible trivia night because we understand more than those people who don't take the Bible as seriously as we do. That is not our, that's modern day Pharisees. That is not what we're trying to build at King's Cross. It is about believing in Jesus and living out that belief in the places we live, learn, work, and play every day. That's the goal. It's about growing in the gospel together so that we might love the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and love our neighbor as ourselves. That's the goal. Jesus said all of the law comes down to those two things. So the series is not designed, hear me right up front, to transfer knowledge it's designed to transform lives. That's our goal. Because that is what seeing Jesus and understanding the gospel of Jesus does for those whose hearts are open to believe in Jesus. My goal is that your heart would burn within you like Cleopas's did in Emmaus. I want your eyes to be open to see Jesus in every story on every page of the Bible. I want your mind to understand the story that God has been writing all across human history so that you too, like the disciples at the end of the chapter, might worship him with great joy. I am excited about this year. I want us to pray and ask God to do these things in us that he did in them in Luke 24 and to do these things, not just for us, but for all who are going to join us along the way. There are people who do not even know our church's name yet, whose lives will be transformed during 2023. So let's pray and ask for his help in that together. Father, your word says that spiritual things are spiritually discerned. And so we ask for discernment. We agree with the psalmist and ask that you open our eyes that we might behold wondrous things in your law. We want to see Jesus in your law. We pray that our minds would be opened to understand your scriptures. We want to understand Jesus. We don't want to be puffed up with knowledge, but we do want to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So would you open them that we might understand what it is that you're doing in our world and in our lives through your son? Would you open our hearts to believe? Even those of us who already believe would agree with the prayer of the father in Mark who said, I believe, help my unbelief. And for those who do not yet believe, would you, by your grace, for the sake of your name, by the power of your spirit, open their hearts, take their heart of stone and make it a heart of flesh that they too might believe in Christ and in his name we pray. Amen. My name's Chip. I'm the lead pastor here at King's Cross Church. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We hope that you're growing in the gospel as we work our way through the story. Take a moment to subscribe and you'll get each week's episode automatically. May the grace and peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all.